You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting. They're an accounting firm that works specifically with mental health practices, both solo and group. And they do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. And on top of that, they can help you set up your Profit First systems. So if you're thinking of using Profit First or currently use them, go to Green Oak Accounting and check them out. You can check them out at www.greenoakaccounting.com. Mention the Group Practice Exchange and get $100 off your first month. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security, and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the group practice exchange, and you'll get two free months to try them out. Hey everyone, I have Jessica Schroeder with me today and we're going to be talking about how to market and contract to EAPs or large companies and HR departments. So welcome, Jessica. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. So let me start. I just love starting first with seeing where your practice is at and physically, but also just where it's at in terms of um, size and where your plans are and why EAPs and this this topic is important to you. And then we can get into the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. So I'm located in Kansas City and I have two locations. One is in Leavenworth, Kansas, which is a smaller town. And then in Overland Park, Kansas, which is completely the opposite. It is very saturated with therapists down in Overland Park. And that's why I wanted to find out more information about this because I'm kind of thinking outside of the box. How can I market in other ways that other therapists are not? I think that's a great idea. Yes. And I'm looking to grow my practice. I want to grow, grow, grow. Awesome. So tell us, um, what is it about this specific topic, um, contracting to EAPs that you're gravitating towards? So I'm really thinking about how do I get in with some of the bigger companies and create a new source of referrals. So I was thinking, I don't even, I'm not sure, do I contact the HR? Do I go through the EAP and have them direct me to the companies? How do I find the EAPs? It's just like, where do I start? It feels really overwhelming. Okay. So I have a question that'll kind of guide me in which direction we're going to go. So there's two things. You can either contract with existing EAPs um, in your area, or you can become an EAP for a larger company or organization. So they're a, a little bit different. One is obviously existing EAPs that you become contracted with to provide services for, and then they refer clients over to you. And one would essentially be being your own EAP for a company. Obviously, you cut out kind of the the middle person, which is an existing EAP. So 
um, potentially reimbursements can be higher uh, and you don't have to work through a middle person. So I wanted to give both options and see which one were you kind of focusing on on doing because with with that question initially, I was like, hmm, I wonder which which way she's leading. So I did not realize that I could be my own EAP. So that's very intriguing. Okay. I mean, we could talk about both of them a little bit. Great. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Let's do both. Okay. So I'll start with the easy answer, which is contracting with existing EAPs. I think that's a little bit easier than kind of getting yourself set up uh, on your own. Some of the, your first question was like how to find them. And I think the easiest way, the easiest way to find them is by one would be by asking any local therapist Facebook groups, which EAPs they're in. I know we have a Chicago therapist Facebook group. And um, oftentimes people are asking um, what EAPs or what insurances are best to be in network with in the Chicagoland area, because obviously um, it varies state by state in terms of reimbursement rates, but also with EAPs specifically, there's certain EAPs that are um, really common in Chicago that are not common or not even around in other states. And so I'll say that the first and easiest place is if you have a Facebook group, a local therapist Facebook group, is to ask in there um, just because you may find very quickly uh, out which ones are pretty common in your area. The second way to do it, if you don't have a local Facebook group and if you're not well connected to um, a bunch of private practitioners in your area, is to um, check with what large local companies there are in your area. So for us, you know, here in Chicago and where I'm at, Walgreens is a large, we have corporate Walgreens is not too far from us. So if I wanted to know what EAPs they were taking, going straight to uh, corporate Walgreens and just Googling them and I don't know, it's a little bit of investigative work, but you can figure, you can find that information out probably within a day. Um, would be another great place to to look because if you have a large uh, corporation or business nearby that already has EAP existing EAPs with an EAP company, um, the assumption is is that a lot of their employees likely work around your area as well or live around your area as well, and so that can get you started on figuring out which EAPs would be good to to get to know. That's great. I love the going to the corporation because that's one thing I didn't think of. I was thinking, okay, I need to just find out who are the largest companies in my area. But going to the corporate makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, you know, it It really, if you go to the corporations or the, the large businesses, like um, I live in Chicago, so the um, there's a lot of Chicago um, city, city workers. And um, it's, it just makes a lot of sense to see what are the, you know, what is the city of Chicago for all of the city workers from streets and sanitation to the people who do the street lights, which is my dad, um, first responders and all of that. Um, they all are using, you know, one EAP for the whole city of Chicago employees. And so that's, you know, makes it easy then to know, okay, if I wanted to take EAPs using the city of Chicago's, it has so many employees, obviously, who are going to be living in our area, um, would be just a smart start because there's actually a ton of EAPs, at least in Chicago. There's tons of them. And, um, you know, years and years ago when I first started my, my solo practice, I was in network with almost every EAP. And I learned wow. rather quickly that um, 
you know, 90% of the EAPs are so small and are very specific to little small organizations that might not be anywhere near my practices, mm-hmm. um, where I never got a referral ever from them. And so it really, I, I've seen in, in Chicago, there's really, you know, three or so main EAPs that most people, um, use or most businesses are, are contracting through. So, um, that would be, I would assume it'd be the case in your area as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I know I can even think off the top of my head, one of them comes to mind already. So, okay. Yes. And, and so that, that'd be where I start. Like I said, the Facebook groups is going to give you a, a handful of places, but also just knowing in, cause you know, these Facebook groups tend to be, even if they're local, they're, you know, a statewide thing. And so that might not be so local to you. Um, if someone from across the, your state is, uh, giving recommendations. So I, I prefer to, to look at, you know, where are my employees, clients working right now? Is there a trend? Is there a lot of people that work for a specific company that tend to come to your business because, you know, locally they just live around where that business is located. And that's where I would start. Um, and you'd be surprised, you know, it's hard for us as group practice owners to know where are all of the employees in my practice living, but a quick email to your clinicians and asking them, Hey, where's like the most common places your, you know, is there a common business that a couple of your clients work at? Um, and you might get a, might get a trend that way. Other, um, another thing to do is maybe Googling, um, you know, corporations near me or corporations in whatever zip code yours is. Um, I never even thought of Walgreens because Walgreens technically isn't in Chicago. It's in, I think it's Northfield. It's a little suburb, but it's like 20 minutes away. So not far. It's just, I, I'm so focused always on Chicago that I don't really look at suburbs outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and oddly enough, we found that um, when I had Googled the corporations that are near me, Walgreens popped up and I was like, duh, Walgreens is huge. And I have a friend who lives two blocks away from me that works out is works in corporate Walgreens. So um, that made a lot of sense um, to do that. So that's also another option if you aren't connected to, um, you know, local businesses or aren't even sure what larger corporate businesses are around is, is Googling that too. That's a great idea. Yeah. And then just finding your HR department. If you Google then, you know, Walgreens human resources, you're going to get a contact email or phone number on Google. And then I would just reach out and say, Hey, I'm a local therapist. Um, and I provide services to, to employees of yours already and was interested in seeing what EAP you guys use to just make sure that I'm in network with that EAP so that, you know, we could provide free services to your, to your employees. They'll, They'll let you know what that is. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Or if you have employees uh, that are already currently seeing a therapist of yours, you can always ask them, um, you know, what EAPs do they have through their business? Sometimes they don't Mm -hmm. even realize they have EAPs and that kind of puts them on a path of doing that research themselves and then, you know, potentially being able to use that, um, that benefit that they have through their, through their business. When I worked in the corporate world, I did not know about EAPs. So yes, Me neither. that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Me either. It's very rare that uh, employees of larger corporations realize that they have this, um, that they have that benefit. I love that. This is awesome. Okay. So leaning to the the little bit more difficult route, but could be a rewarding in terms of uh, program building, but also a financial perspective route is sort of becoming your own EAP. Now, um, there's 
things that you need to do. So there is some upfront cost to it because you have to put a, a, a sort of EAP contract in place that you can then give out to local businesses. Um, but then even in those cases, you can do small businesses as well. It doesn't have to be large corporations. So when, if you become your own EAP, if there's a local clothing boutique store who has, you know, 15 employees and, um, they're, uh, you know, not a, what's it called? Like a brand that I'm forgetting the word now. Like a big box brand. Yeah. Or like a brand where there's like multiple locations around the U S like that. Um, if it's just a, small boutique store owned by a, you know, neighborhood person and they have, you know, 10, 15 employees, they likely don't have EAPs. Um, they're less likely, likely to just because they tend to, um, either not think about offering benefits or benefits are something that's just out of their financial realm compared to corporations. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of wiggle room to working with, uh, small businesses as well in that sense, because you can, they can potentially, you can set something up with them. Obviously, you need a contract for this, but set something up with them where maybe they pay um, whatever your, what's your, what's your rate? What's your out-of-pocket rate? Like a hundred dollars. Okay. And then what, do you take insurance right now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, it, is your insurance at a hundred dollars or is it less? Um, a little bit less. A little bit less. So it typically with EAPs, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't go your full price. You could potentially go your full price, but that's, uh, you know, the idea of becoming an EAP would also mean that you kind of are garnering a referral source in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you might decide to have a rate that's comparable to your insurance rates. For us, EAPs tend to be a lot less. um, And, and a lot of group practice owners will, um, kind of weigh their pros and cons with this and see, say, um, it takes a little bit of research, but like there's one EAP in our Chicago area that pays horribly, horribly. And we find also across Chicago that most people who use that um, EAP tend to not be long-term clients. Like they don't continue on with either using their insurance or, you know, outside of the EAP paying out of pocket. And so we found that it really wasn't a benefit to us. Um, and, and we saw that there's trends in terms of, um, you know, clients who use their EAPs, their specific EAPs, and maybe it's related to the types of businesses that they're at, that these EAPs are at, where they continue on. And that's kind of the benefit I see in providing EAP services is that um, after the first, you know, three free sh- sessions that they get from their employer, they then continue on and then they become, you know, a client of ours where it's, you know, consistent. A consistent client. And so, you know, with these smaller businesses, you have the ability to potentially be able to offer them um, their employees benefits that they wouldn't normally be able to afford with larger EAP companies. Um, and they might pay, let's say, two or three sessions at your out-of-pocket rate for two or three sessions for any of their employees per year. Um, and then, you know, uh, if, if your therapists are good therapists, that it's likely that they're going to continue on then using their insurance or paying out of pocket. And that's where that referral stream can become really helpful. Um, and I love the idea of just helping small businesses out also in that sort of way. Um, so your kind of options expand, uh, if you become your own EAP, because you can reach out to these smaller, uh, businesses who might not be using large EAPs to, um, to give benefits to their employees. 
I really do like that because in my Leavenworth location, we're all small businesses. I work with the Main Street Association, which is, you know, they promote small businesses. And so I really like that. And I think this area could use more mental health services. I, I agree with that. And I think, I mean, if you think about it, just in our realm as group practice owners, I don't think I know a group practice who offers EAP services to their own therapists, right? Mm, So I I think it's just something that's really missing in the small business realm and something that's just thought of. I don't know. It's something that, because I can't imagine that the EAP service, even if you use the large EAP companies, is that expensive compared to paid sick time and, um, you know, CE stipends and everything else that we tend to offer in our, um, group practice realm, but it's interesting. It's not something that I see being offered in small businesses. And I think it's because people, small business owners aren't even thinking about that. Um, and so a great tool that you could potentially have if you started this yourself. And like I said, you'll need to work with an attorney to draft a template of an EAP. Um, what's nice is you can customize it for each, each business. So if there's a business that's like, I can only afford to offer one free session, um, that I pay you for, um, for each of my employees each year, um, that still gets the ball rolling to get them in the door. That still gets them in for one session. And then, you know, hopefully they either are using their insurance with you or paying out of pocket afterwards. Um, but you can, you can sort of customize then that, uh, EAP contract that you have to suit each individual business's needs that still obviously works, works with your business. I love that. That is awesome. So you you had said that up, there's a lot of there could be upfront costs. Well, talking with, with the, the attorney, yeah, it'd be meeting with an attorney and making sure that you draft a a legal document, a legal contract, uh, EAP contract, and then obviously your your time. Um, yes. It takes a little bit of time to obviously do some research and find existing EAPs that you would panel with, and then go through the process of paneling with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to take more time to draft this and then sort of put together a, it's essentially a, a program of sorts. And so it takes a little bit of time to figure out who are you wanting to service? Who are you wanting to provide these EAP services to and kind of putting together a, a program of sorts so that you have, um, you know, a, a sort of template for who you're going to be reaching out to, what businesses you're going to be going to. And then all of that is work. So you have to factor in that upfront work. Obviously, once you get uh, companies that want to use your services uh, for EAP, um, then it, then there's also the process of ensuring how do you um, <clears throat> connect with the business owner when someone wants to use their EAP, right? So that the business owner is paying for the service and not the employee. So there's a little bit of, of that work that you need to put together then to ensure that there's a system for businesses being able to pay for that service for however many sessions they're agreeing to before the client then sort of picks that up and starts, you know, either continues on on their own or, or whatnot. That's great. Okay. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. So there is, there's, there's a little bit, that's why I said it's a little bit of the harder road, but I, I love the idea of that road because you can choose, um, who you want to reach out to. And if there's some local businesses that you feel like could really benefit from it, that don't have EAP services to begin with, you're missing out on, you know, your whole small business neighborhood in a sense, right? Um, All with the kind of end goal of being able to help more people in your community that might not have been able to get that support initially. Yes, I agree with that. 
Yeah. I feel like that's increasing, unfortunately. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So um, I, I was, I'm looking at some of your questions that you'd asked, and one of them that I didn't answer full, really is the, the pros and cons. Uh, I, I talked about the pros, I think, but with the, the cons, I would say with existing EAPs, um, I guess I mentioned a little bit of the con. If you started, started your own EAP, is just the time investment initially. You have to have that and the financial investment initially. Um, I think you can definitely bootstrap it so it doesn't have to be, you know, $5,000 of, of money to set your own contract up, but um, you definitely need that money ahead of time. But with existing EAPs, I'd say that the cons potentially are kind of like the situation that I mentioned of that one EAP in our area, which is there are a lot of EAPs that don't pay very well. The pro is that um, a lot of practice owners don't realize that they can negotiate that even more than they can with insurance contracts. And so you can definitely write from the get-go say, you know, I can't do that, but I can do this amount. Um, and you likely, I mean, depending on how high you're going, can get them to agree. The con again will be if you do get the rate that you want, what happens is EAPs have some sort of algorithm where they will refer to the lower paying um, practices. So practices like, let's say, that accept six, the $60 that the EAP is saying they'll pay out. Um, and let's say you say, you know, you apply and then they say $60 and you say, you know what, I can, I can do it for 80. I can't do it for 60. And they say, all right, great. Um, there are a lot of EAPs out there who then um, will refer to the, to the therapists who agreed to the $60. Um, and you might find that you're not getting that many referrals um, even though they agreed to pay a rate that you actually wanted. And so um, that's kind of the, the cons that I've seen through being in with EAPs as a group practice owner myself is the, the higher rate that you uh, requested and got accepted, the less referrals you got because um, obviously the EAP doesn't want to, the uh, business owners don't want to pay more, you know? Mm -hmm. And right. so they tend to then refer only to, to the lowest, the people who are agreeing to take the lowest amount, um, which is, is definitely a negative in, in that area. Because I um, remember initially getting really excited when I was like, oh my gosh, we got 80 when all of these EAPs want 60. That's like a $20 increase. And then all of a sudden, we were not getting any referrals from that EAP. Um, and it took you know a year or so of you know, talking with other practice owners and stuff to realize, oh, okay. So you, you, you feel like you're getting what you want. You're like, wow, I'm getting the wage that I wanted. And then really you're just not going to get any employees or get any um, clients from that then. So th oh that my. would be the, the con that, that I've, that I've noticed with EAPs. Um, the other, the other con um, is that EAPs tend to ask for information on the clients um, and you know, obviously as a therapist, I hate, I hate that part. And so it depends, um, on the EAP contracts, but there are some, you know, and this is where if you became your own EAP, you could, you know, being a therapist and knowing what it's like to send, um, you know, confidential information over to, to third parties like insurance companies and such, you could have a contract that then, you know, is, is more in line with, you know, your client's privacy. Um, obviously, business owners who are paying would need to know that the person actually attended a session, but you could minimize the amount of information that is given to just 
client attending a session on this and this date, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for the for the business to say, okay, I'll, I'll pay that service out then. So um, that's another pro, I guess, to the becoming your own. But that's something also to look at with the EAP contracts that you that are existing that you might be interested in is is looking at that fine print and seeing what information um, would they be giving or would they be asking of you to give to the employers who are paying out. And you know, I think there's some that definitely give a lot more information out from diagnosis and you know what's talked about in sessions and others that are um, less open who maybe only are offering, you know, the date of service and diagnosis. Yes. I have also seen that as well. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any last questions that you have? Oh my gosh. This was just so informative already. Okay. I, I imagine, um, you know, I really wish I didn't have clients today. So I could just <laughs> sit around and work on this, but oh well. I know I how that feels. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, no, this, but this was very definitely, helpful. Definitely when you do get started, put post some more questions in the Facebook group because I feel like, you know, that's one thing about the um, podcast coaching is that it's usually around starting something, whether it's, you know, starting to hire people, starting a program. It's it's obviously about something that the person is trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always love seeing when it starts to get implemented. Obviously, that's where all the big, big questions right. come in. So yes. make sure to um, tag me when you start to work on things, when you have extra questions, because I'd love to try to keep helping in any way I can. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This is fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it was, it was nice meeting you virtually. You as well. <laughs> yes, you as well. And have a good rest of your day. Thanks. You do the same. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.